Hi, what's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? It was a mere two and a half months ago when we first started talking about The Bachelor on Ready to be Petty, and I cannot believe that it's now the morning after the finale. Um, And I'm here with a few thoughts about my biggest takeaways from the finale. I'm back after a little break. I've been feeling a little sick this week. As everyone says, it's that time of year. And I've just been, honestly, I've been a little boy sick. I don't know if you know about that medical terminology, but it's basically when you have a mild cold, but pretend, not pretend, but like act like you have like fucking scurvy or something. (laughs) I saw this meme, like I'm gonna pull it up. This is unplanned, like most of my podcasts, but I saw this meme on Instagram that was like, most people recover from deadly diseases better than I recover from daylight savings. And I felt that. I really felt that. Um, yeah, I have like a minor cold, but like I've told every single person how much I've been suffering this week almost like tweeted about it and now you're hearing about it so (laughs) yeah it's just like when you have like a minor like a general malaise but you just feel like you like are so hard done by that you need to tell like a million people and just like really not play it up but really just let everyone know how fucking shitty you're feeling even though yeah again super minor and in the scheme of things anyways so if my voice is a little bit um lower than normal um it's because I'm feeling a little bit sick Colton Underwood the kind of NFL player owner of a charity for cystic fibrosis he picked Cassie a speech pathology student over Tasha and Hannah G which honestly I can't even remember (laughs) their occupations and basically the whole controversy was Cassie left him final three when her dad flew from the U.S. to Portugal to tell her that she's not into it she should just come home and break things off she does break things off Colton gets so upset quits the show pushes a camera jumps over like an eight-foot fence runs into the middle of this Portuguese forest. Chris Harrison, the host and executive producer, runs after him. They find him wandering the streets, weirdly in like a peacoat and a scarf. And I was like, how, like, you were storming off, but you had time to put on your scarf? Um, And then he goes back, talks to Chris Harrison, rejoins the show, breaks up with Taisha, breaks up with Hannah G, goes and finds Cassie, asks her to get back together, says he doesn't have to propose, he wants her to fall in love with him. After one day, asks her to fly to Spain to meet his family. They go on a date where they rappel down a rocky cliff and then have a picnic. Beautiful in Mallorca. Then they decide to keep dating. And then there's a huge live show where we discuss all the ups and downs of their relationship. And then the new Bachelorette for this upcoming season, which starts filming very shortly, um, is announced. And it's Hannah B. And I have a lot of thoughts about that, which I'll get to shortly. Anyways, I cannot believe how at the end of each bachelor season I honestly feel exhausted like I 
I don't know why I'm like tired after, I don't know, these like two and a half months. I guess one of the reasons could be that I think there's been four hours of the show in the past two weeks, which it's just, it's too much. Like I love The Bachelor more than like most people and that honestly, it's too much. It, it just really is. Like who has fucking time for that? And I'm saying that and I have all the time in the world. Like I can't believe like anybody that is working really hard or like has kids or whatever traveling or something like that can keep up with this show. I really think that the last four hours could have been, it could have been compiled into two or like a solid hour and a half. I really, really, truly believe that. I guess it's because we all tune in. We all watch eventually. So why wouldn't they play four fucking hours of the TV show? I'm exhausted. I'm happy-ish. I'm always happy for the couple at the end because like this obviously seems like a super fun time in their relationship. Like who can't be happy about two people in love that are together? That sounds so cheesy, but it's like who can be mad at two people finding a partner? Like not me, but I just honestly, I don't think it's going to last. And this sounds so horrendous. I would never want anyone to say this about people as I say this about people, but I just, I just don't see them together long term. It's really tough for me to know if Cassie's feelings for Colton are real or if it's more the show. Because as we saw over the last few hours of television, she was very confused and she basically couldn't even verbalize what she really wanted to do if she wanted to be with Colton or if she didn't. There was like a few key sentences that she said that I'm like, yikes. I don't know how you could say this and then like kind of like bounce back from this because some of the sentences are like pretty cut and dry. For example, she said, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And I think that that is so crystal clear what that means and that it's kind of weird to say that and then like two weeks later be like, no, I'm in love with you. I just, I don't know. I, I just don't see it like that. And my sneaking suspicion is when Colton said, we don't have to be engaged. We don't have to put like the six day or whatever timestamp marking the end of the show as our deadline. We can just continue dating. And I think that she saw, I can continue dating this guy. I like this guy enough. And there's so many benefits to being the winner. And that is like undeniable. And I think that should be acknowledged that the winners the run like the top four are this like elite level group of bachelor contestants kind of like the cool it group of bachelor nation the runner-up and the winner just get so many more benefits than anyone else does of the rest of the cast they get flown to this whirlwind news like press tour throughout the U.S. Um, They obviously get lots of sponsorships and they get makeup and hair and outfits and deals and TV shows and Dancing with the Stars and just all these other opportunities. And I think that a lot of people, especially with the pressure, without the pressure of being engaged, can honestly kind of have a fake relationship to capitalize on being the winner, to save Colton a little bit of face, and then just part ways in a few months. 
And I'm not saying that that they don't love each other or that they don't have a relationship, but in my opinion, my humble opinion, a person who really does not know anything about this or these people, I just don't see it. I would love for them to prove me wrong. I really, really would. I think it was interesting how she was shocked. Um, Cassie was shocked when Colton let her know that he had dumped the other two ladies, Tasia and Hannah G, um, because usually the front runners and the eventual winners can say that they basically knew that they were the front runner or the other contestants had noted that they were the front runner. And that's when you see a lot of these storylines about contestants going to the lead about concerns about the front runner. We saw it with Cassie, with Katie bringing up concerns that she wasn't ready and that her and Kaylin were talking about being the Bachelorette. And we saw it in Ben Higgins' season when girls, I I honestly forget which girl it was. I think she was in BIP, but she was trash talking Lauren, Lauren B. And do you remember she like came to BIP and she had like got her lips and her boobs done and stuff? It was cute. Anyways. I just think that it's funny because usually most people know like, yeah, I'm definitely one of the the front runners. Um, we've had some alone time or people have noted that I'm the front runner. So I thought it was really surprised that surprising that she didn't know that she was Colton's woman. And I think that that gives a little bit more validity to Hannah G's feelings because it seems like she did think she was the front runner because of things that Colton was saying like that she was the one that he saw her with and she got the first impression rose and that always has a good track record I don't know it's so funny like I just know how hypocritical my entire existence is but (laughs) I don't know why I'm so mad that they're just boyfriend and girlfriend and that they're not engaged it's so funny it's this catch-22 where I'm like you are 23 and you are 26 this is a totally normal thing to do and I'm actually super happy that you didn't go the formulaic route of The Bachelor, get fake engaged if you're not feeling it. But then like for some reason I just feel like unsatisfied with the ending because I guess at the core of it, it is kind of a competition show and putting an engagement is like kind of the first place prize that puts a a bow on the end of the season. So I don't know, I have this like weird like anger but also like unsatisfaction it's so so weird because I am totally like oh my god they shouldn't have got engaged like they should just continue dating that's totally normal who would want to get engaged after six weeks of dating where you spent like a total of 12 hours with this person like please just continue to date and then like for some reason they continue to date and I'm like mad about it I don't know, it's so hypocritical, but do you guys feel that way or am I just crazy? Please let me know. I think that it actually is probably for the better, but the TV viewer in me is a little upset. Um, And I really go back and forth because I know that fame is a part of it and most people nowadays go into The Bachelor for... Um, not 
not necessarily fame, but a good business opportunity or to promote something else that they're interested in. Like a lot of people have started clothing lines or jewelry lines or anything like that. It's a really good platform if you utilize it. But it's so funny how it seems like there's this, again, this dichotomy of like, you can be on it for an adventure and fame, but not too much. And I think that Cassie may fall into the too much category because we found out that she was on a reality TV show right before this or a few years before this where she was filmed in university, but also that her sister is dating Greg Sulkin, which is like a a pretty big actor. And so there's this weird thing now where a lot of contestants don't necessarily go on the show with the sole purpose of finding love, which is really different from the earlier seasons where there wasn't a a lot of notoriety after the show. So most of them seem to be there for the quote-unquote right reasons. Anyways, nowadays a lot of people come in for an adventure but also probably for the platform that it gives them. And a lot of them utilize it for good, some of them for evil. (laughs) And I don't know why, but it just like, that seems like it's like too much um, where she's into this type of lifestyle where maybe she does want to have some type of fame. So I'm just interested in seeing where this relationship goes. Again, I wish them nothing but the best. I would never wish that they would go through heartbreak or anything like that, but I really do hope that it's real and that they've found their person. On the after the final rose, which I don't think he actually gave her a final rose, uh, we saw Colton and Cassie sit down and they looked really good. And everyone on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever, were ripping Colton about his hair. And I just feel so bad for him. There was a moment in part one of the finale where Chris Harrison was like, your hair is breaking the internet. And Colton was like, I like my hair and for a split second I saw his face and it actually looked so sad like it actually like broke my heart it was so sad just this quick flicker before it cut to commercial where he looked down and it honestly thought like I honestly thought he was gonna cry you know when like you're wearing something like new or like Like, oh my god, in fucking high school, I tried to wear, like, big, like, nerd glasses, even though, like, I do wear glasses, but these were, like, fake. I can't believe I'm actually saying this out loud. It's so embarrassing. And, like, people would tease me, but it's, like, I liked them, and I thought I was, like, cool and, like, hipster and, like, wearing these, like, fake Ray-Ban glasses. Anyways, like, I thought I looked good, but people would tease me, and I'd be, like, what? Well, I like them, so, like, whatever. And that's what, like, he was doing, and it just, it honestly broke my heart. Like, I feel like... We talked about this earlier about how he posted pictures about his awkward face and stuff like that. And I still feel deep down inside, even though he's like very tall, very handsome, very successful, that there is like a little nerdy boy inside of him. And it, it honestly broke my heart. It was like, it was very sad. The haircut, like it didn't bother me. Like it's not great, but like did everyone need to blow up on Twitter? Like I don't think so. And then I saw him this morning on like a talk show and he had completely changed it back to like where it was what it was like before and like I know this is sounds very serious, but like I was concerned. Like it was it was really sad. Like I don't think people understand that like 
being with your friends and having someone like tease you a little bit about like your haircut and stuff like that it's like yeah you kind of get over that but when millions of people you don't know comment on twitter like that must like get to you you know so hannah b as the bachelorette well my thoughts she is so young she is 23 years old which i know it sounds super ironic coming from a 26 year old but it's like she just seems very very young and 23 is really young to want to get married and settle down and have kids and stuff like that i just feel like that's my personal belief i don't know why on this episode i keep like prefacing things with my personal beliefs because i've just like literally sewered everything on every other episode of ready to be petty but i'm feeling extra sensitive tonight that maybe it's the boy sickness that um i want to say that these are my my thoughts and opinions no one else's she seems young for me too young to get married but what do I know? Uh, she's real, which I really appreciate that. Like, she seems really authentic. She seems down to earth. And she seems like a good person. And that's all that really matters. I want to be like, ah, that's all that really matters. But it isn't. Well, not when you're the lead of a very famous TV show. I was really hoping that they were going to pick someone random like they used to do back in the day where they would like literally just hold like audition casting calls or that they would pick someone from like a few seasons prior just to like change it up a little bit. Um, and I didn't like super like love the cast of girls on Colton season. So I wanted them to like pull an Ari or something like that. But we got Hannah um, and I should start calling her Hannah, not Hannah B. She's the Hannah and she meets her first five guys. I really hope they cut this out for the future. We do not need this. It was like Colton who by the end of the finale. It was like we just moved on so quickly. One of the guys walked up to her and was like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And it was like, dude, this show has been airing from like January to March. It is March 12th like there's no there's no way that you would have known that it was Hannah B like that was just so weird and I hate people that do that because it's like you know that's that has to be fake right you probably thought it was gonna be Hannah G which would have been a lot worse I think and then you can tell that she gets really nervous and doesn't really know what to do. And this was just flashbacks from Colton and hers, Colton and Hannah's first date when he asks her to do a toast. And instead of just being like, cheers to our first date and many more to come or like, here's to the best date ever or like, thanks Colton for taking me on this journey or something like that. She literally for like 10 minutes cannot utter out one single word. So just like I was having literal flashbacks. I will say that I love that she had this kind of weird, not the classic evil villain edit, but kind of just the weirdo edit. And she had a really quick turnaround. Almost like I feel like Ashley Iconetti's turnaround time where it was like everyone just thought she was the virgin crybaby but then she came back as like a beloved bachelor icon so I love that she did have a quick turnaround time and I have to say the fashion on her show will be amazing. She takes so many risks I feel like and it pays off. I think she has beautiful clothes. That is it for my bachelor recap. 
Anyways, the two things I want to chat about. In a recent interview, Neil Lane, who supplies the engagement rings to The Bachelor, said that he doesn't actually watch the show. Which it's like, yeah, I totally get that. That like, like I probably wouldn't either. He's busy designing beautiful jewelry and touring around the world selling it. But it's like, and running a successful business. But it's like, at least lie or like get the cliff notes and like have something to say. It was just so funny how he was like, yeah, I catch it from time to time, but I basically don't watch. (laughs) He's like, what I do believe in is love. And I'm like, that is just so generic. Like that is so, so bad. I just think it's like, Neil, just watch like the Roses and Rose recap like tune in to here to make friends podcast look at something please like there's millions of articles online dissecting every moment skim through one of those get someone to read it while you get your makeup done i don't know just do better (laughs) in general um and then other news is my jimmy kimmel theory So this is a little bit far-fetched. I want to hear about what you guys think. I think that Jimmy Kimmel is spoiled and he purposely reveals the winner of the show whenever he does his draft. So Jimmy Kimmel um, is a host of a late-night TV show on ABC, as everyone is well aware. The Bachelor is also an ABC show. And before the season starts, the lead always goes on and... Jimmy will make a prediction of who is going to win the season. And then at the very end of the season, the winner and the lead go back onto Jimmy Kimmel and they laugh about it. Well, Jimmy's track record is like fucking six out of seven for the last seven seasons. And I honestly think there's no way that he's getting those all right. I honestly, like, there's absolutely no way. Like, I don't think you have that astute of an eye, Jimmy. Um, So I think that either he's reading the reality Steve's, like, spoiler (laughs) recaps that he posts before all the season seasons or that um the bachelor producers are letting him in on the theory as like some kind of funny joke and that people just would never call him out for that but i'm calling you out today jimmy (laughs) you ever hear this jk he'll never hear this but anyways i really honestly think that they tell him the winner and then he looks so good when he gets the winner um i think that like we can't have the those regular, those viewers find out. So we have to throw you one, one wrong answer, but all the rest are going to be the right winners. Honestly, truly believe like that's the truth. And I don't know if that's the biggest conspiracy of the century or what, but I don't know. Let, let me know what you guys think about that. Thanks for listening to my very quick Bachelor finale recap. I'll be back this weekend with another friend of the pod for a great episode. You can listen to Ready to be Petty each week on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, via your Alexa or your Google Home, and basically every other podcast app out there. You can follow along on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at RTBP Podcast. And we always want to hear from you, so you can reach out to us via social media or by email at rtbbpodcast at gmail.com. As always, I'm Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon.
If you're a big movie buff, you'll enjoy the podcast Breakdown from the Couch, where Laura and Nicole dissect and provide analysis for different movies. You can find them on Apple Podcasts. Let's take a listen now. Hey everybody, I'm Laura. And I'm Nikki. And we're your hostess with the mostest with Breakdown from the Couch. Have you ever watched a movie and loved it? Hated it? Realized you haven't seen it in ages and wonder if it's still what you remember? The characters, the plots, the twists and turns. Well, then you'll feel right at home with us at Breakdown from the Couch. That's right. I mean, it has to be one of the missing pieces of the puzzle known as life, which is why we're on this mission together. My best friend and I are going to be bringing you weekly episodes full of movie breakdowns, movies that you'll be able to find on streaming services so you can pull them and watch them right along with us. Well, not right along with us. The podcast isn't going to be that long. I mean, who do you think we are, Peter Jackson? I wish we had his Lord of the Rings budget, but we will take you on a journey with us as we review some of our most favorite or most hated movies, and then we'll be breaking down these cinematic masterpieces scene by scene, all from the comfort of our very own couch. Absolutely, so please give us a listen. Our first episode is set for launch January 1st, 2019. We'll release new episodes every Tuesday. Find us on Facebook and Instagram for extra content. Catch us on your favorite podcast platforms. Once again, I'm Nikki. And I'm Laura. And we'll talk soon on Breakdown from the Couch.